What's up, Dirtbags? Episode 113 of the Midwest Angler Podcast. Scott Sturman, Matt Deitch, freshly back from Hooked on Hardwater. Coming to you a couple days late. A little couple days late. A couple days late. Day they, late, dollar short. The dirtbags can wait. Yeah, that's right, you dirtbags. You guys can <laughs> wait. The bags of dirt can wait. So, no, like uh, like we mentioned, uh, we are back from Hooked on Hardwater. Um you know, obviously this, uh, this episode is going to be coming out on Wednesday morning. We're recording it the night before. We don't have to be transparent about that. Um, but, uh, no, we, uh, you know, we, I, I brought along the computer. I thought, Hey, maybe we'll record a little bit of something out there, but, uh, we just never, never really had, uh, that time. There's really not time so busy setting hooks that, right. you know, and, and doing the three F's that, Dang right. That, <laughs> You, 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 you don't have time to to record no stinking podcasts for the dirt bags. That's right. So busy, busy men. Yep. And uh, last night, Matt had his last basketball game of the year. Last basketball game, season's done. So there was that. Yep. And uh, no, now uh, now we're here on Tuesday night, and uh, we had a little bit of free time. Uh, we got some guests lined up. Yep, you heard that. There was an S at the end of yes. guests. First time ever for a, a double guest, I think. Double is interviews. It? Isn't I think it? so. I don't think we've ever done a demo interview. I don't know why I'm asking you. You're the old one. Right. So You young bucks should know this stuff. Yeah, I've gotten hit, hit in the head a couple back times. Back when I was your day, <laughs> yeah. or your age, back in... <laughs> TVs weren't even color back then. There was... When you, were my, when you were my age, there was no such thing as podcasts. That's right. There wasn't. Ah, there That's probably was. There probably was. Uh, maybe. How old are you? 39. 39? Yeah. Holy moly. <laughs> See, it explains. It explains a lot, doesn't oh it? Oh my gosh. I do look young for my age, so and act even younger. I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Matt. You sure are right about that. Respect uh, your elders. Scott. Yeah. My bad. <laughs> no, uh, like I said, uh, back from uh, Hooked on Hard Rodder, we had an absolute blast out there fishing. We had a blast, uh, uh, you know, down at the club for boys, uh, meeting our boys and, and everything else. But um, uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later in the show. Um, we, you know, we can't we can't just get you with, you know, the, the treasure right off the get-go. That's right. We're going we to lead you along you a little bit. That's right. Um, Otherwise, I think that's mostly it. I don't know that I've got any housekeeping uh, items that I got to take care of. Um, oh. Yeah, I don't know. We got we got the second Bassmaster tournament underway right in front of me. I got a trophy right here. Yeah, that's that, a pretty uh, sweet looking trophy, man. Yep, yep. You guys can't see it, but take take my word for it and take Matt's word for it that it's freaking awesome. It says the Midwest Angler Podcast Fantasy Fishing 2021 Champion, and uh, that'll be awarded to whoever. Uh, wins at the end of the year and i'm basically figuring that it's just going to sit right where it is on the podcast table there well, for sure years is, and years and years to come i'm sure the way it's going right now it's sure as heck ain't coming justin up atkins me. didn't even catch a fish in the first day well yeah i know it's crazy there wasn't much cat fish caught i don't know man you're an elite series angler I, there wasn't i'm telling you it was tough i thought it was pretty cool that gussie caught him using an old northern minnesota canada walleye trick to catch them really yeah, just a fluke in a jig head a finesse finesse min- worm or finesse min- minnow. minnow yeah yeah that's all he did minnow, that's uh, he gave he gave love to ron linder and the linders no kidding yep wow talking about it that's awesome so, so. 
All righty. Well, uh, back to Hooked on Hardwater. Uh, enough of that bass stuff. Um, you know, we, we can sit here forever and try to tell you guys about how awesome this program is, you know, whatever. Uh, but I, I think I think to really have you guys truly understand how great it is, uh, me and Matt thought that it'd be a good idea to get the outdoor program director from the Rapid City Club for Boys, Maggie Young, on the on the phone and, and chat about it. Um, Maggie busts her tail freaking year round. She and, does. And, uh, um, I don't know. She she does absolutely spectacular with the boys. And uh, yeah, I guess uh, without further ado, we're gonna get over to Maggie. Hey, Maggie, how's it going? I'm pretty great. Just wrapped up a good day with the boys. Awesome. Well, we appreciate you uh, taking time out, you know, after a day with the boys to uh, still sit at work and, and talk to us about uh, uh, the Rapid City Club for Boys. Uh, Maggie, uh, to get it started off, uh, why don't you tell us what your job is there at the club? So I'm the outdoor program director, and so I oversee all the, the outdoor, um, everything that we do outdoors. Um, and then in the summer, I've got an assistant, and so all the different trips that we take, um, that's what I do. Awesome. Now, you didn't grow up in Rapid City, correct? Correct. I actually um, was born in Texas, grew up in Ar- in northwest Arkansas, um, and I was going to community college in Arkansas and transferred to BH um, to study outdoor ed, and that's how I got here four years ago. So, mm-hmm. Cool. Well, you, you picked the right spot. Uh, I mean, I, I guess I don't know what Northwest Arkansas is like, but uh, I know how special the Black Hills are. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I guess oh, yeah. I if, if I could go anywhere, that, that might be where I end up. Now, what are some of the, like, the, the outdoor activities that you do with the kids at the club? Um, like today, you know, we, we started a fire with a flint and steel and we roasted marshmallows. So that's what some days look like, um, where we're at the club. Um, we just play in the garden and, um, there's a swing out there and we dig in the dirt some days, you know, roast marshmallows. And then other days we go ice fishing. Um, that was a more recent program that we started. We will go hiking. Um, we go, you know, open regular fishing. We'll, my my favorite is backpacking, so um, hopefully go backpacking in the Badlands this summer. Um, the Boys Club has a cabin out in Hill City, outside of Hill City, and so we'll take the boys up there. We'll shoot BB guns. We'll do archery. We'll hike. We'll uh, get up really early and listen to the elk bugling and um, anything that, that's outside. Even if we go, we will wear water shoes and go out to the creeks. And we'll just play in the water or we'll pull nets up and look at the water bugs and we'll pull out our, our nice dichotomous key and see what kind of creatures are in there. Um, we have fly rods, so we're kind of start. that's a baby program too that we're starting up a fly fishing program and we fly tie. We have started lure making. Um, we do a lot of things. That is very, very cool. You know, I mean, obviously the easy thing to do, uh, you know, would be to, to give the kids a basketball and say, hey, go shoot hoops, which you guys do have an absolute mm-hmm. killer outdoor that gymnasium nice. there. But, uh, you know, yeah. I mean, th- these are skills that, you know, I mean, starting a fire with flint and steel, you know, fly fishing, mm-hmm. ice fishing, you know, even just, you know, basic hiking. You know, this is stuff that, that mm-hmm. these kids are going to get to learn that hopefully someday they get to pass down to their kids. And, and it, it, it mm-hmm. definitely is cool that you guys don't just take the easy route. Yeah. Yeah. I, 
that's what got me into it was somebody whenever I was young just yeah you know putting steel fire and then you just feel proud about that and then you're like what else can I do so right I, I agree I think it's really awesome that I mean we've we've gone on tours at different boys and girls clubs in the area and they've been amazing and they have awesome facilities but none of them have an outdoor program and so we really are unique awesome now, Maggie, uh, you know, for, for us over here in Northwest Iowa and, you know, for the people, you know, listening, uh, you know, on the eastern half of South Dakota, you know, I mean, possibly out, you know, Wisconsin, Minnesota, whatever, uh, you know, I, I don't think we truly realize some of the obstacles that these kids in Rapid City face, you know, that it's, it is not just a small percent of the population that, that, you know, is under the poverty level. Like, I mean, this is a real, real deal out there. Uh, you know, what, what are some of the obstacles that, you know, the, the kids in Rapid City face? Yeah, and um, it's, I think it's important to know, too, that, you know, people even in Rapid City don't know about it, too. Right. I have plenty of friends that have grown up here, and unless they had heard my stories from the boys' club, they would not even know. Um, so we've got a special position where we're very intimate with the families and we know what's going on. Um, and I sure didn't know when I was from Arkansas moving here, a lot of the challenges that the people in this area face. Um, so we're located um, kind of in the center of Rapid City. Um, this area has a, a lot of low-income families. Um, it's not a requirement for our boys to be low-income or in it any any kind of strife or anything at home um but a majority of the kids i would say now don't you know hold me to it but um I, i'd say like 40 to 60 percent of the boys that's like a pretty big window but uh a lot of those boys are um probably at the at or below the poverty level um so yeah i mean they're to name a few challenges you know the kids show up to ice fishing the day of Hooked on Hard Water and they don't have any other stuff uh, where we had, you know, sit home stuff with the family and we'll call and um, you'll call one number one day and then the next day that phone number is disconnected. And so the challenges that we face are I want to take the kids out sledding, but they show up to the boys club and they don't have a, a, a winter coat on or, you know, whatever it is. And sometimes that's just kids. And then other times it's, it's the family and so we offer a lot of assistance to some of our families um more so than just providing you know watching their kids and feeding feeding them so they have all their meals um we we do a lot more than that and our grant writing lady uh sarah gentry does an amazing job of providing and showing up where you know a kid breaks his glasses and that's very expensive and it's unexpected we're gonna make it happen to where we can get that kid glasses um, or we have a program that Clay Quinton, he's our um, director of, oh, I don't know specifically his title, but he deals with parents and kids, um, behavior stuff, and if a kid's wearing a pair of tennis shoes that are all beat up and there's holes in them, we go in and we take that kid out and we get him a new pair of tennis shoes. So, And that happens quite often. Um, so there's a lot of things where you know it's really easy to go out fishing but if their basic safety needs their uh, hierarchy of needs aren't met um, you wonder why a kid can't you know answer some philosophical question well if he is his if his belly's not full of food and he's not you know 
stuff's not good at home, he's not going to be able to meet those different things. And so the the club really does provide all that. Um, and anyway, so um, I hope that answers your question okay. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. No, it, it's, it's interesting to hear, you know, that the meal part, you know, uh, it, it was brought to our attention uh, the other night at the banquet that, that there was actually a young kid, you know, a, a boy out on the ice that went back and, and tried to fill his bag up with some hot dogs before we left the ice on Saturday morning because he wasn't 100% sure if he had food at home. And, I mean, if that doesn't pull at your, t- uh, you know, tug at your heartstrings, I, I mean, the, I don't know. It, it's it's hard for me to wrap my brain around, you know, how how hard that's mm-hmm. got to be, you know? I mean, and and for a kid that young, you know, he he doesn't understand why. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the, and they will do that. They'll, it's, they think about that all the time. And a lot of our boys, they're thinking about their family first. If they get a gift card from a drawing, they're like, I want to give this to my mom, or they're that's their thinking. And so, a lot of them have to grow up a little bit more than other kids that wouldn't have to worry about that. And um, anyway, the club is providing a place for them to to not have to worry about that. Like, hey, just be a kid. You don't right, have to yeah. worry about food. And, and during COVID, we, our um, kitchen staff and actually all the staff, even program people who weren't connected with uh, the food program, we all came in um, mas- masked up whenever the boys weren't allowed to be here because um, – a lot of the kids, they're getting food from us. The same, Like when they go to school, they get breakfast at school and lunch at school. And then when they come to the club, they get snack and they get dinner. Um, and that is the food that they get. Um, and this, the schools in this area send home bags of food, you know, canned food and stuff on Fridays. And then during COVID, we were bagging up food and sending food out, you know, twice a week for some of the families. I mean, I, I'm not going to get into specifics, but right. we had families with way too many kids and way too many adults in very small, small areas, and we would go and deliver to the house, you know, and the amount of food that they needed and that they wouldn't have got if we hadn't brought it to them is, it, it'll blow your mind. Um, but we were there, and the fact that we were able to get the grants and have the manpower to, to serve all our boys so that they were all fed is amazing. Um, so yeah, that's awesome. Now, another point that I really feel like we need to highlight is, you know, this is not a program and and a club that costs, you know, a hundred dollars a month to be a part of it's $10 Mm -hmm. a year. And and you guys are, are solely funded off private donation, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Private donations. Um, we are funded by, uh, grants. Um, and yeah, it's, we, yeah, the boys don't, we don't make them worry about that. And honestly, um, a lot of them, their family can't even pay that entry fee. And so we have scholarship for that. Um, wow. Because that, that can be hard. And right. so, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. yep. <clears throat> they don't have to worry about that. They don't have to worry about the food. And then even for, you know, events like Hooked on Hard Water, you know, I get parents that are stressing about all the, the gear checklists I sent home and I stress to them, do not worry about getting this stuff. We, we've got really good people that care and they're, you know, take care and taking care of the clothes. So don't, don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. That's great. Now, you know, like, like we mentioned, you know, uh, 
private donation is is the biggest thing and you know food is not mm-hmm. cheap you know with you guys uh, sending home food you mm-hmm. know the the clothes that that you guys provide and and everything else i mean you guys got a full staff and just a, a killer awesome building you know so so that leads us to the outdoor rec program that that you're the leader of and and it brings us mm-hmm. to the hooked on hard water event um yeah. you know so so last weekend the hooked on hard water event um you know i gotta assume that is that the biggest uh fundraising deal for the outdoor program of the year oh yeah yes that is that's the uh bread and butter <laughs> nice <laughs> that's the big deal yeah that's like christmas for me <laughs> and the boys when i mean you yeah. even had your dad come up for it yeah, which is amazing. He had an he had an awesome time. I that's my third year, and I just it's. I mean, you guys know it's hard to explain it um, in words. And I'm I just wanted him to come, and he he I worked his butt off. Well, that's good. <laughs> um, and I I needed it, but yeah, I mean it's the it's a big deal. And I didn't realize when I first started, I had, you know, I I remember I started in September of 2018. And Chantel, our director of development, came in my office in November and is telling me about this ice fishing thing in February. And I'm like, why are you in my office? It's November. Like, there's not even ice on the lakes. I've never, you know, I was just confused why she was in my office talking to me about this thing. And then when I experienced it, I went home and, like, slept the whole next day. And that's how it's been every year. So it's, yeah, it's a big deal. You talk about that, and uh, we have, like, the easy parts. The pros, you know, they have the easy parts. We get to show up, you know, we come down to the club, meet the boys, we hang out, we have a good time, do all that. It's a lot of work to put this event mm-hmm. together. You t- you start talking about starting in November, starting to get the wheels rolling in there. I mean, it's a year-round mm-hmm. thing, but, I mean, oh yeah, like, what, I mean... I think we all truly know what goes into it from you guys' standpoint and appreciate it. I mean, there's a lot of work by you guys, the staff there at the club. What kind of, like, when do you start starting to get everything ready to go for the Hooked on Hard Water event, sending parent letters home, making sure the kids have all the ready, you know, clothes and everything? Mm-hmm. Well, the kids start bugging me in, like, December. <laughs> and they're like, can I get a permission slip? And I'm like, not till February 1st, and then I'll hand them out. So that's when I get start start getting bugged by the kids. But, yeah, about in November, our, the Boys Club Thrift Store, which is also, I meant to mention that as well. That's a, we, the club, to sustain um, w- this amazing facility and all the people that we have, we have different income streams, and so one of them is having, um, the boys club thrift store um, and they do an amazing job there and they're a huge part of hooked on hard water i mean they all have a hand in it and so one of the many things that they do is they at the you know when it starts getting cold and people donate their winter gear to the thrift store they set it aside for me i have a list of stuff that i you know sizes of clothes that i need that i'm thinking i need boots and jackets and stuff so they're sifting through everything and getting the good stuff and putting it aside for me. Um, so that starts early. Um, I start talking to parents. I think last year um, we, when COVID wasn't a thing, we had a family night. So all the parents were there. And so in uh, probably January, I had a table set up and I'm talking to every parent for a couple minutes because it's kind of to explain to them what Hooked on Hard Water is all about and why they need their kid to come and what they need to bring. Um, so that's, you know, that's a whole night. And I remember the last time I did that, I think I was 
sitting there talking to parents for probably four hours straight, um, just all the different parents. And I got, you know, 70 permission slips handed out that night. Um, and then I guess uh, last year and this year, we've had a different way of checking gear out to boys. So it, historically, we've had all the gear um, kind of set up at the club and the night the pros get here and there's a meet and greet with the boys, the pros will take their boy to go pick out all their clothes um and the boys used to spend the night and we've kind of taken that away because it seemed like kind of an overload for the kids and by the time they were fishing with their pro they were just dead tired so they go home and we want them to spend as most most time as they can with their their pro just playing and having fun and not worrying about the clothes so i actually um every wednesday in in february the boys would come and I had gear checkout. So I had my area kind of set up like a shop and I'd walk around with them and we'd go get the boots that fit them and the socks that fit them with, you know, the wool socks and made sure they fit with the boots. And so that took a couple hours each day. So it is a, it is a good amount of prep, but it's worth it. And it's kind of like it builds up to it. So um, it just makes that day the best because, because they're like, okay, how many more days to hook down hard one? Like, okay. We got like two weeks. We got like, two days that's um, that's yeah. the way matt is too he he keeps bugging me he's like yeah. hey how many more days still hooked on hard water i just no, had to I, tell him like yeah. matt like 360 <laughs> yeah i've already started texting him scott's like dude you're gonna have to relax on the texting all right yeah i know i keep thinking that too i keep liking all the pictures people are posting and i'm like oh i want him to keep posting but we I guess we got to wait a whole nother year, but right now, Maggie, <clears throat> you you're, you're three years into this, and and uh, w- looking back, what what is the highlight for you? What is that one time? You know, whether it was a fish catch or whether it was a uh, you know somebody smiling or crying or whatever. What what sticks out as as the most memorable moment for you? I guess every year there's always the moment when the boys want to do a snowball fight with me and. There, like last year, I think that was my favorite time was we were just throwing snowballs at each other and they'd show me all their fish and I love that and stuff. But um, most of the time at the club, like when we're out on the ice, the boys are like, Maggie, Maggie. And the, and you guys are like, oh, they just have this great bond. And yeah, I mean, they like love me out on the ice. But when I'm at the club, I'm like, hey, you want to go fishing? And they're like, yeah, I want to play video games. So like <laughs> they just... I don't know what it is about the Hooked on Hard Water Day, but they're like, we love Maggie. And they we get along, too, when we're at the club. But I'm always like, this feels good. But, yeah, this this snowball fight, I think that's kind of my favorite moment. And this year I was like, I'm too old for this. <laughs> I just I just had a birthday, and I'm not, I'm not ready, and I don't have gloves. Um, but that's probably my favorite moment is, is just, you know, they're just happy, and they – they want to show you how excited they are about the fish, and then and then you just throwing snowballs at each other is fun. Well, that means you're doing something right. I mean, you're doing a yeah. good job with those boys. I mean, for them, yeah, they can be. They might be a pain sometimes when nobody else is around. <laughs> I know yeah. how that goes. Oh yeah. But but yeah. <laughs> how we see it when they're genuinely that's you know genuine excitement when they see you out there and they want to share what they're experiencing with you, and, and that just means that you're doing a heck of a great job with all those kids. Oh, well, thank you. I appreciate it. No, we like Matt said. You know, we we appreciate all your hard work. Uh, you know, it it is funny. Like you can ask those kids. You know, like so. Do you like your teacher at school? And they're like, no. 
well, what about like Maggie mm-hmm. and, and everyone at the club? Oh, yeah. You know, like they, they just, they mm-hmm. truly do. They love you guys. And, and uh, that, you know, like Matt said, that means you guys are doing something right. And uh, we, we definitely appreciate all your hard work. So uh, well, thank you. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, I mean, we definitely appreciate you uh, taking time out to, to sit and chat with us too. Uh, you know, I, I think uh, the listeners probably got a little bit more of an inside look of, you know, what not only the Hooked on Hardwater event, but the Club for Boys in Rapid City is is all about. And uh, for that, we thank you. Oh, well, thank you for asking me. And uh, I like your guys' podcast a lot. <laughs> I told Matt that the other day. I'm like, dang, I think your podcast is so cool. So I appreciate you. You know, she said she told asking me that, it. not you. Yeah, I believe that. I mean, you know, <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's kind of. I don't know who I'm talking. You guys sound the same. No, no, no you we don't to, sound I'm, the same. Oh. no, no, you, oh, you, you had to have shoot. told Matt that, but uh, uh, no, I mean, you I know, totally it's, it's it's one of those deals. Like, you know, you always try to build up the weakest link. So I mean, you know, <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I, I appreciate you for pumping up my friend uh, Maggie. Yeah. <laughs> so. Oh yeah, totally. All righty. Well, awesome. Maggie, thanks a lot for joining us, and uh, we'll talk at you next year. Alrighty, sounds good. See ya. And that was Maggie Young from the Rapid City Club for Boys, and uh, absolutely just an important piece to the puzzle, uh, you know, in creating Hooked on Hard Water. Ah, uh, definitely, and yeah, such a cool place to go and visit. I mean, oh yeah, it was really neat to get to see like the whole thing this year, all the renovations that they did. Uh, it's an immaculate complex. Oh my gosh! I mean, so. So just to kind of set the tone for you guys, uh, I mean, we we have been there before and we've seen, you know, the main entry, you know, I don't know, the main room, I'll, I guess I'll call it. And, you know, I mean, there's arts and crafts rooms off of there. There's cafeterias off of there. You know, there's, I mean, there's a wood all, shop. I mean, yeah, right. I mean, I mean, a, a lot of, I mean, and I mean, good quality stuff in there. Uh, one or, or two gymnasiums, two you know, for the older boys and for the younger boys. But uh, this year was the first year for us to experience the other side. And uh, they have got a freaking basketball court with a roof over top of it. That was sweet. And I mean, but I mean, all the sides are open. And I mean, you know, you could be out there playing in the rain, playing in whatever, but you still get to be outdoors, breathing in fresh air. Yeah. I I mean, that when when I saw that, it was like, wow. That that was cool. I mean, this is something... I, I don't know. I, I wish our town had something like that. Yep. I mean, I, I feel like the kids of the community would, would really benefit from having something like that. But, uh, I mean, you know, like, like we just mentioned with Maggie, you know, all this comes from private donation. And, I mean, that's that's not something that you just throw up with a couple hunks of lumber and, and a hoop. I mean, this was a this was a state-of-the-art place. Yeah, didn't they just do, like, a major fundraising campaign for out there, and they were expecting it to take two years, and it took yeah, them two months, I or think ten months to raise two, $2.1 million or something like that, and they raised it, like, half ten, the time like they, ten they months were open. Is, I think, as I remember what they right. said. And so. I believe that was for uh, um, retirement for the employees and yeah, right. uh, so, some other stuff, but... um. I don't know. I mean, it, it's it's just truly incredible what they got going there on the other side. And and my first year actually going out there, as Maggie kind of talked about um, how they how they used to have a checklist where you know you you got all right, the gear. Yeah. My first year with Chilino, that's what we did, and uh, we actually had to go through. You know, uh, you know. Okay, so we need socks, and and we would go and we would check out a pair of socks, and we'd check out some snow pants, and we'd check out a coat, and 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 gloves, and and hat, and whatever. And uh, 
I gotta say, I mean, it was, it was a lot more work and, uh, you know, you, you just crossed your fingers like, oh my God, please, you know, remember yeah. this in the yep. morning, please still have it, you know? And, and I think so far it's really been working the way that they're doing it this new way. So definitely hopefully it, it continues that way. Right. Like you said, it, and like, well, like she said, it, it gives the pro and the kid more time to just hang out with each other. Right. And so I think that it's nice that it's that way right you know and they, they used to have all the kids spend the night and uh you know to make sure that they did come in the morning because let's be honest i mean when 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 you're asking kids to show up at the club at you know 5 30 a.m 6 right. a.m i mean you know let's be honest uh the the success rate of of a uh, of a uh, early oh, morning exactly. drop-off is not exactly spectacular and uh but you know i i think I don't remember even who it was was talking about, you know, when you get 50 kids in a gymnasium and one kid farts, you know, then they're all awake and they're all yep. laughing. And, and now we got 15 more minutes. And, right. you know, I mean, not to mention just the stress on the workers. Like, you know, I mean, you got to kind of send everybody home at 930, 10 o'clock yep. and, and, you know, let these people go home, get one nice night of sleep and, you know, yeah, kick, kick back and, you know, get ready for the next day because, I mean, you know, th this is not just a 24 hour deal. This is like a 72 hour mega event. And, yep. you know, I mean, let them go home, you know, sleep in their own bed and, you know, know that in the morning when they wake up, they're 100% as, as good as and refreshed as what they possibly can be. And, and then we can give these boys 100%. Exactly right. One of the really cool stories uh, with Hooked on Hardwater this year was at the banquet and Chris Peters getting up and, and kind of talking about his story and, you know, being a Club for Boys member and, and you know, having it come full circle. And, uh, you know, I, I me and Matt both thought, you know, and, and Chris is a good buddy of ours. We've been wanting to yep. have him on. But, uh, I, I mean, I really think that this is the time for Chris to, you know, to kind of tell his story and, and you know, show what it means to him and uh, – so yeah, we, we thought, Hey, let's, let's get Chris on and, and, you know, on the hooked on hard water recap show. So we're going to get over to Chris. Hey, Chris, how's it going? Good guys. Thank you for having me on. Well, thanks for joining us. You bet. No, not a problem. It's a privilege. Yeah. No, Chris, uh, why, why don't we start off and, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Where are you from? Well, I'm, I live out here in rapid. I was uh, raised out here in rapid. I was uh, born in Midland, Texas and, was moved up here at a young age and went through all my schooling and uh and uh you know graduated high school from here and left for a couple of years for the army i was gone for six years and i missed home so i moved back to south dakota awesome i didn't realize that you were born down in texas yeah midland texas nice nice now chris you know obviously we're talking to you and this is kind of a uh an hoh uh you know recap episode uh, how many years you've been a pro at, uh for the hooked on hard water event this past season was my fifth year fifth, fifth nice very yes. nice now now chris uh this this is th uh this kind of comes full circle for you uh you actually like you mentioned grew up there in rapid city and you were actually a boys club member correct I was. I was a member and boys club from around 89 or 90 to about 93, 94. That's awesome. Now, at, at the banquet, you know, you got up and, and talked, and uh, um, you you remember Dave Euler back in your days, and, and Dave Euler still to this day is, is somebody that you look up to, correct? 
Oh, absolutely. Mr. Euler, you know, he's a very, very good man. And, you know, and, and this is just me speaking, but I don't think the club would be where it's at if it wasn't for that man. Well, I believe that. Yeah, I think, I mean, everybody has a great appreciation for Dave. And uh, it's fun to see him, how he interacts with the kids out there and, and the adults, too. Oh, absolutely. It's just, it's the man. He's just a phenomenal, he's just a, he's just a phenomenal man. Right. Now, now, obviously this event is special for me. It's special for Matt. It's special for everyone else. Do you think it's a smidge more uh, special for you just because you were a boys club member? Well, I don't know if I can take credit for that. Every, this is, uh, I think you and I were talking, Scott, about it. Scott McIntyre saying it was a, a spiritual retreat. Truer words can't be spoken. Right, um, right. It, it's phenomenal. Yeah, for me, it's a special event to be able to go from. I was speaking to Mark, and I was like, "It's kind of going from men, from member to mentor." And yeah, it does hold a special place in my heart. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, now, having been a member, how much has the club changed over the years that you you know since when you were going and now when you started as a pro out there for the event, like to now? I mean, it's just a phenomenal place. Oh boy! I mean, when I went there, there was three carpet ball tables, several pool tables, the wood shop, and when you walked in, if you went to the to the right, that was where we ate. The eating facility wasn't there when I was there, and it was uh, um, there was uh, like I said, three carpet ball tables, which is just a phenomenal game if you ever got to play it. Yeah. Love it. Oh yeah. You know, and um, but as far as the general layout of it, it's pretty much the same. They've done several upgrades and improvements, and it's just. You know, these boys are just, uh, they got everything at their, at the touch of a hand to, to play with and, and interact and learn. And, and it, it teaches them to start becoming a man. And I think that's, I think that's what's important for all of us, all of us uh, guys does to have that, that mentorship as, as you start to transition into a man, because it's, it's not easy. Well, that's, no, that's exactly right. True. And especially for, you know, some of these kids that, that don't have that positive role model in their life, you know, to, to lead them along the way and, and say, you know, hey, this is a decision that you should be making, and this one is not a decision you should be making. Well, right, you know, and like I like I said the other night, you know, I grew up in a home um, with a little bit of drinking and some argu- lots of arguments, and and uh, my uh, my grandpa, like I said, was just a very formidable man in my in my world, and and I always wanted to be a, I always wanted to be like him. He was a soldier. And I thought he stood up straight, he walked different, he talked different, and I like that. And I've always been a very structural person. If you talk to Euler and BCAV, they're like, well, what do you think we do? Well, I think we should go around here or do this or that. You know, I got to have that structure, and I got to ask questions all the time. So, you know, it's just how I am. Well, and obviously it's worked out for you, Chris. Uh, You know, Chris, you you, uh, touched on it a little bit earlier, but uh, you actually joined the military after high school? Yes, right after high school, I graduated in May, and in uh, um, July, I was off to boot camp at South Carolina, to Aberdeen, Maryland for AIT, and then I was stationed at Fort Stewart, and then my PCS to Fort Riley, and at Fort Riley, I used to ride horses for the Army. Really? Oh. Yeah. Well, when you're born in Midland, Texas, was there an option? <laughs> well, I guess not, you know, I mean, <laughs> you know, so, no, it's it's been, it's been awesome, and being a club member and uh, I think having that club experience and interacting with other people and not just your siblings, I think that really prepared me for the military. Right. What is your job right now? Like in the military? 
Well, I spent, fifth, well, 20 years as a diesel mechanic. And then about a year and a half ago, I was like, I'm getting too old for some of this stuff. So I got into another career field where I do industrial hygiene now. Oh, all right. Okay. So I take lead samples and ventilation calculations and stuff like that in shops. Cool. Military shops. Yep. Yep. Okay. Yeah, I guess it, you know, in a, in a deal like the military, I I guess, you know, it takes all kinds. I didn't, I wasn't even aware that there was something like that. Yeah. Neither was I until a couple of years ago and I got kind of interested in it and started, I'm kind of gearing myself towards, uh, you know, more of the office side of things instead of the uh, physical demanding stuff of climbing on trucks and building engines and stuff like that. Leave that for the young bucks. Yeah, it's their turn to do it. You know, I did it for 20 <laughs> years, and they're, they're, they're accomplished, man. They can handle it. Well, we appreciate it, Chris. I mean, we truly do. I know we've told you before, but, uh, uh, you know, both me and Matt are, are extra pro-military, and, and we appreciate, you know, all of your service. Oh, well, thank you, guys. And You know, we all hold a part in our communities about serving our communities, whether you're building something in a community or you're a first responder or you're military. You know, just look at the other day when all them – uh, first responders and prior military and everybody stood up. I mean, that was quite a number for for that event. It really was. Absolutely. That was cool when they did it. I was glad they recognized everybody. Very cool. That was, yeah. You know, they're 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 heroes. You know, they're they're all heroes. Everybody. You know, this this event just brings out it brings out the great and everybody. And as you can see, you know, everybody opened their wallets up and was very very generous. And and what about that meal? I mean, oh, I know. Jeez. Oh, jeez. Oh, I would, I would be, I'd be lying if I said I didn't go back and get some more. You had a full quarter beef on your plate. You ate more than I did. <laughs> I know I did. I was, I was getting after it. I, wow. That barbecue looked pretty good. Oh, that brisket was just in. It was insane. I mean, just it was just it was so, it was just so awesome. Everything from the venue to the commodity that everybody and everything was just. I think number five for me was the best one I've had so far. I'll agree. Number three for me was yeah. I this one you know haven't been my first year last year compared to this year. I mean it was yeah, it was just an absolute blast. And I thought it was really cool. You know, you mentioned carpet ball a little bit ago at the club. I thought it was pretty cool that they brought that to the banquet this year and had oh, a carpet yeah. ball game. I mean, it, it kind of brings that a little bit full circle oh, too. Yeah, like yeah, you know, I, everybody I, loves carpet ball. And, I think the club's known for it, you right? Know? So I mean, to have it at the banquet was pretty awesome. Oh, it's just. It's just a, you know, it's just such a heart, heartfelt experience to to be part of that, and and uh, you know, you just can't, uh, you don't always, uh, we get caught up in life and and how things are going and our jobs and paying taxes and getting gas money and you know just everything. And sometimes it's nice to just, I didn't think about anything, but that boy and getting ready to take him fishing this weekend. It was it was it was primo. Oh yeah, awesome. No. You know, now, Chris, you know, you're, you're a member of the community out there in Rapid City, and, and I mean, if anyone sees it firsthand, it's you. How important is the club for that community? I, I You know, sometimes I think, you know, with us living over here in northwest Iowa, I'm not 100% sure that people really realize that, you know, there are young young kids out in a community, you know, that's still in the United States that, you know, I mean – like in Rapid City, South Dakota, they don't have snow boots. I mean, how important is this club for that community? You know, I, I it's I I don't know how to answer for everybody, but you know, I think it's one of those things that people know it's there, and they really get a they really get a taste of it when 
you know, one of their kids go or um, they're one of their kids' friends say, I go to the boys' club and this is what I do and stuff. And then that sparks an interest. And then, you know, it's a domino effect. And But as far as I'm concerned, you know, it keeps these kids from going home, being by themselves, playing video games, eating junk food, and being unsupervised. Right. And, you know, idle hands... Idle hands has caused trouble. Yep. I mean, eating, and, eating junk food and playing video games, I mean, that's almost the hope that that's all they do, you know? Right. Well, exactly. Exactly. And that's, and you know, they start experimenting. You know, they they find dad's gun in the closet, and they start messing with that. And they find dad's cigarettes in the, in the freezer, and they start smoking. You know, I mean, the list goes on and on on what it does for them kids, as it did for me. Right. You know? Now... Now, on your fifth year, Chris, looking back, you know, I, I don't care if it's this year or if, you know, if it was three years ago, what is the highlight for you, you know, of, of all your experiences with Hooked on Hard Water? What's that one experience that really sticks out to you? Oh, boy, that's a tough one because there's so many of them. I think it's the, the you know, the meeting up boy that night. Um, you know, that's your first, you're in their territory. You're in their safe zone. Um it gives it, I think that's the highlight for me is helping having them kids be comfortable to meet a stranger, you know, because we're all raised that as we're raised, don't talk to strangers. And then what do we do? We introduce them to a bunch. Right. right. <laughs> you, you know, and I, I never thought of that. But, right. Yeah. But here we are. We're in their zone. We're in their safe spot. And that gives them kids a chance to to wheel us around by the hand and say, look at what I do over here. And I enjoy this. And to me, that really brings, uh, brings it out for me. And of course we all know that first fish a kid catches is just epic. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I was 40 years old and I drew a deer tag and I never shot a black Hills buck before. I think I talked about this at the banquet and Mr. Euler wanted to take me out to shoot my first buck. And it's still the picture on my phone of him and I, him having his big old hand around me, you know, with a big smile behind that deer. And it's the picture on my cell phone. And at, I think he's been part of the club for 53 years. He was, took the time to mentor a 40 year old through a deer hunt. So it never stops for the man. No, it doesn't. When, and you know, like, I I think that's with all the people at the club. I mean, I I don't think that there's a person at the club that doesn't have, you know, the best interest in those boys and it's for the long haul. I mean, it ain't, it ain't until they turn 18 and kick them out into the world. I mean, I I think if if you're 27 and and you need help and you are a boys club member, you're, you're still part of the team. Oh yes. Uh, One of the guys handed me at the banquet, we had these old real hard cards when we were, when we were members and they were a quarter if you lost it. And I was telling Mark about it. And at the, at the banquet, he brought me one of them card. And on the expiration, it said N.A. That's awesome. Nice. I mean, the, the emotions that we all go through with uh, with this is, is just, the only thing I can compare it to is, you know, coming home from the desert. You know, all the emotions of a year being gone and seeing your wife and and home and, being back in my safe zone, you know, that's that's the kind of emotions it stirs up for me, you know? Right. That's awesome, man. Absolutely awesome. So, Chris, you got you got any plans uh, yet this year to hit the ice some more? 
boy, I sure hope so. If I'm not, I might have to put a one of them squeaky uh, floaties around my waist if uh, <laughs> we keep having these temperatures and a set of fins on, so I can so I can float around. But you know, we still got some ice in the hills, and you know, we went up to Ormond and had an epic day the other day, and just just really beat on the walleyes, and it was just a lot of fun. You know, um, I hope we get to go out some more. You know, but you know, I wouldn't mind it if. Uh, it turned like this, and we got to put the boats in the water either. Well, that's well, right. Yeah. You, you and Chanta got that new boat, and, uh, you know, me and Matt had the privilege of getting out and fishing with you guys out on the Missouri River here, you know, uh, uh, last fall. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of at that spot right now where it's like, eh. <laughs> you know, I, I, <laughs> if it goes, I it goes. Yeah, if it stays, yep, exactly. it stays. You know. the, the thing I don't want is this crap where we're going to get really nice weather enough to kill the ice and then it doesn't come off the lakes. and then it doesn't come off the lakes we just got crap ice out there and then you know here at the end of march and you know beginning of april it's going to be cold enough that you can't be out there but warm enough that it, you know we're not building any more ice i, uh, I, I got <laughs> I, call, I got this bad feeling i call that my tooling time <laughs> yeah. that's my tooling time when i can't ice fish and i can't open water fish that's my time to check fuses in the boat check all my electrical connections resolder things shrink wrap things test batteries you know that's my that's my system as you guys know my wife and i fish together so when something goes wrong in the boat it's it goes right. from fun to uh-oh <laughs> <laughs> i believe that i believe that you know she's been married to a mechanic for well We've been married since 2007, so when something goes wrong, she expects it fixed now. <laughs> and, you know, sometime all I got's a, 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 a Helix 7 or a 12 and a, and a, and a pair of pliers, and I'm, boy, what I do for a Phillips screwdriver right now, <laughs> you know? See, see, you know, I've uh, I've never been very handy, so my wife just doesn't expect anything out of that. <laughs> yeah. That's when I call a friend like you, and, oh, yeah. you know what? Peters is going to come take care of this. That's, well, that's, that's, that's what I call myself on my toolbox, because it's like, oh, i got to fix something. i got to call somebody. I call my brother Mike. <laughs> yep. Well, that's kind of how Euler and uh, Ecav and myself got started in our friendship was we talked about that rack on the back of it. I built that for his machine, and, you know, we just met at uh, Cabela's, and we just, the three of us just sparked up a friendship, and, you know, we're kind of like the, you know, the three amigos sometimes, like we did the trip to Peck, and we are doing another trip to Kennebec this summer. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, so we can't go a season without that. I mean, I was, we didn't catch many fish, but, you know, Matt was showing me how to use a, a, a net the right way. <laughs> you know well you caught a net. an axe <laughs> you caught a net too <laughs> <laughs> yeah i did catch a net yeah so i was i was the net guy yeah, that's you know awesome. it was fun it's just knowing these people and you know you get to a point where you can you can look at a map and just about throw a dart in the ice belt and you know somebody there no, yeah, that, oh, yeah. that is absolutely the best the the connections that are made you know i mean obviously hooked on hard waters for the boys but you know i mm -hmm. mean meeting all these people and you know uh, you know going and fishing up here and then meeting their friends and you know mm -hmm. that's that's basically the best part really about the whole entire fishing industry i think that oh. i think that's one thing i really like about the event too besides you know what we're there for, there for but uh how they're everybody's able to let their guard down a little bit yep. it's just like um, everybody's kind of an open book and like you're there all for the same reason you're on the same team you know it's just yeah every you can go up and talk to anybody and everybody's just you know genuinely happy to see each other oh it's just it's amazing when everybody starts to come into town and 
you know, I'm looking at my time card and I'm like, no, should I take this day and this day off or should I just take the whole week off? <laughs> How do I do this? How do I get around to seeing everybody? And one of my buddies, Monty, looked at me the other day and he pops me in the shoulder and he goes, Hey, Peter's how much money do you think is sitting on the ice right now? And I says, <laughs> I wish I had it. <laughs> yeah. That's right. You know? I always like to say you see more hugs than handshakes out there. Yep. And that is a truth. That is a truth. You'd never see anybody drive off in their pickup without giving somebody a hug. That's right. right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, leaving, leaving the Hill City Cafe on, on Sunday morning, you know, I mean, I think we hugged everybody. Right. I'm, I'm surprised yeah. I didn't hug the waitress. <laughs> you know, you did when she brought your meal. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know, oh, it's man. just, it's just, you know, there's, I don't even know. I use words like epic, legendary, and I don't even think that really encompasses what this is about. And like I said, so many different things are so many different people, but you know, these guys that travel forever, just a pay for the trip and then to, to spend it with that boy i mean that's that really speaks volumes about the caliber of people that i consider really good friends of mine and and them are the kind of people that i want to be surrounded with because at the end of the day when you don't have the money and stuff you can still be a rich man by the thing by the people that you know and and help and take care of and they take care of you and you know i consider myself that way because of the the quality of people i have around me Definitely. Well, and us too, Chris. Uh, you know, we, we're lucky that, uh, you know, things work out the way that they do and, and we've gotten to become friends with you and, uh, you know, and, and Shanta, you know, we're, we're truly blessed. Yeah, it, I wouldn't, this wouldn't even be happening. I probably wouldn't even be in the, in the boat I'm in without my wife. You know, she's my, she's my angel, you know, that just, uh, you know, they're saying they're behind every man's a good woman and my goodness, she's, um, She's definitely my bright star, you know. Would never be able to be any kind of the man I am now without her. No doubt about it. You got a good one, pal. Oh, boy. She's awesome. Yep. Well, Chris, uh, we, we definitely appreciate uh, you taking the time to chat with us. And, uh, I mean, it, it, it truly is awesome, you know, the fact, like like we mentioned, you know, coming full circle, you know, I mean, you've gone through the Boys Club. You came out, you know, you've become a successful man you know, a, a person that people can look up to. And, and, uh, I, I don't know, you know, on, on a recap show like this, uh, there's no one better than you to, to be on. And we truly thank you for taking the time to, to sit and chat with us. I sure do appreciate the, 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 the time and stuff. And I'm really glad you guys made it home safe. I was really worried about that last night and I was texting everybody that was driving. Just, I just need that peace of mind that everybody was home safe. And I'm glad you guys got through the weather and made it home and back to your families. And thank you for the opportunity. And I can't wait to get the long sticks out and, and go find some more water with you guys this summer. No doubt. For sure. Hopefully it ain't too long and we'll be back together uh, setting some hooks. I like it. I like the way you think. Awesome, man. Well, we'll talk at you later, pal. Thank you, gentlemen. We'll talk soon. You bet. See ya. Bye-bye. And there goes Chris Peters, our good buddy and uh, past Club for Boys uh, member and, and now hooked on Hardwater Pro. Pro. So we thank Chris for uh, joining us. Um, Matt, you know, I, I asked Chris, I asked Maggie what their highlights were. What's your highlight? My highlight would have to, you know, would be, you know, the fishing is fun. I mean, it's, yep. it's, it's yep. why we're out there is to fish and hang out with these kids but i think the hanging out part the socializing part was like the funnest part we caught our fish you know you get 
talking with the kids, but then pretty soon everybody start the fishing slows down and everybody starts to kind of mingle with each other right. and kind of flip each other some grief and everything like that. And everybody just starts having a good time out there. And like I said with Chris, it's fun to see the pros let their guard down. Yep. The yep. kids, you know, let their guard down and everybody is just having just a good old time out there. Right. One of the one of the really cool things that that I think I kind of experienced was uh you know, not not only with you, Matt. You know, I mean, anyone who listens to this podcast understands that me and Matt flip each other a ton of crap. And, you know, I mean, the Cox boys, we flip the Cox boys a ton of craps. You know, our buddy Scott, you know, whatever. We, you know, that that's our way of, of having fun is, you know, flipping crap and making fun of each other. And, you know, I mean, no one's going to get away with anything in our crew. You know, I mean, if, <laughs> right. if, if you do something, it's going to be pointed you, you out. You got to try to... When you mess up or do something, you're kind of looking around like, oh, please, oh, so, man. please exactly. say, say exactly. nobody saw that. Exactly. So, you know, one of the really cool things that I think I experienced was uh, um, the one time when I walked up to Zach and his boy, and then one of the times when I walked up to you and your boy, I said to the kid, hey, how does it feel like to have the worst pro here? And, I mean, just the look on those boys' face, like they look at me and it's like, hey, you do not say that. Right, like, they're ready. That to is my like, bro, and he is the man. I mean, I truly think every single one of those boys there, like, feels like their pro is the man. Like, yep. I mean, it it just, I I don't know. I think that's really that that really says a lot about the whole entire program. You know, just, I mean, you know, it's it's a. I mean, they got their pros back. Like, yeah, I mean, they you, do. I mean, you they know, do. I mean, when when me and Lockwood we got into a, a wrestling match out there, and I took Lockwood down or whatever, and and kind of got on top of him, and you know Lockwood was saying, "Hey, you know, way, you know, difference in weight coming divisions. up with some excuses, yeah, and some stuff. weight division stuff." And I don't know, I wasn't really listening to him, but uh, you know, like afterwards, my my boy like said to me, he's like, "You know, that that was awesome, man. That was <laughs> yeah. awesome. You bet your ass, it was awesome." <laughs> he's so. walking around saying, "We whooped his butt, <laughs> champ, champs." <laughs> So, no, tag team. You know, no, I don't know. I, I mean, we can sit here and we can talk about it forever. I mean, how much this event means to us and, you know, whatever. I mean, we've had Craig on. Now we've had Maggie. We've had Chris. We've had B-Cav. We've had, you know, Merwin. We've had, you know, Brower. I mean, these are all guys that have been out there, you know, pros for Hooked on Hardwater. And if you ask any one of them, I mean, it, it, it's it's the same thing. A, you can't really put it into words. B, you know, it just it, – it's it's the most magical thing in the whole entire world. It's just – it's crazy. Yeah, it, it really is. It's just – it is. This words just can't explain what it means to everybody involved, um, all the people that, you know, work hard for it. Right. To put it together uh, from people bringing a meal out onto the ice for everybody to eat and enjoy. I mean, it, it's just – Yep. It's just awesome. When the, I mean, a lot of this stuff is donated. Those meals are yep. donated. You know, I mean, everything, you know, I mean, you know, we said it earlier, but everybody's on the same team. Like, I mean, you just look around and there's not anyone that doesn't have a smile on their face. Right. You know, it's just like, man, we're doing this and we're rocking and rolling and, and it's freaking awesome. Well, like I, like I said, we have the easy part. Oh, Every, everybody's and everybody, I, we, everybody we get comes all the up, credit. Right. Everybody comes up to us and they're like, oh, that's so awesome. You do that. And it's just like... You know, we, we, we show up on Friday night, we, we're a ear for the kids to listen to, you know, somebody that the, is genuinely interested in the kids, the kids just love it, and uh, 
besides, you know, we get to go in there, play bingo with them. You know, guys like Jim Gerard just about have heart attacks playing dodgeball out there. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Shots fired. So, I mean, so it really is the easy part. If it, if it takes us a couple hours to go to the club, hang out with them, have a good old time, get to know them, and then in the morning get up, get the gear all set up, what we normally do if we were going out fishing. Right. And, you know, make it the most positive experience for those kids. I mean, we do really have the easiest part of the whole deal. I mean, it's is it rewarding? It's very rewarding, and everybody involved would probably say the same thing. But it is. It's just an amazing event. Right. I mean, I truly feel like we try our hardest, you know. I mean, not that we really even have to. I mean, going down there and playing dodgeball is fun. Going and playing basketball is fun. Going and doing these craft projects is fun. Eating a bunch of food with your boy is fun. You know, I mean, there. You know, when I say we we truly try, it's not like, oh, geez, you know, we'd rather be doing something else. Like, I mean, you're literally asking us to fill our fill our bellies with food, play a bunch of games, and then go fishing with these kids. Like, you know, I mean, it's really a chore. Like, hell no. Like, this is freaking awesome. Like, right. I mean, I would pay to go and do this. I mean, it's it's fun. And and then people are like, oh wow, thanks for giving your time really like i mean yeah i you know i i don't know we, thanks for allowing us i mean to do i, I this. feel i feel like we give i mean yeah i get it we give but i receive way more than than exactly. what i could possibly ever give exactly and, uh, right i mean that's that's really the key i think everybody every single person that's involved in this uh experience comes away a winner and that that does not happen very often and that's the thing i love is like i said is the the pros can they let their guards down you know, right. a lot of people might be like, I ain't playing no dodgeball. I'm not yep. going to do that. And then, all, and I mean, that kid's like, we're playing. You know, like, I want to play. So yep. it's just like, all right. And then pretty soon, pretty soon, the, the guy that's just like, I'm just going to stand back here against the wall. I'm not playing. They're the ones that are jumping around and they're sweating, drenched in sweat and just about having heart attacks out there, getting yep. hit in the face. And yeah, it's just a, it's just a blast. Right. Now, uh, aside from Hooked on Hardwater, uh, we actually did some fishing on our own out there, and uh, I think both of us, uh, you had never caught a cutthroat before, had no, you? No, that was my no. first cutthroat. So uh, both of us knocked two species off the bucket list, and, and not only just off the bucket list, but through the ice. Uh, we ran up to Center Lake, and uh, we both we both got a few tiger trout, yep. and uh, on top of the tiger trouts, uh, they've also stocked cutthroat in there. And uh, I think we caught our first, second, third, and uh, 30th cutthroat out <laughs> right. of there. I mean, this was nonstop action, and I don't care. I mean, the, uh, none of these fish were trophy-quality fish. You know, it's not like, oh, wow, you know, like, man, this this was really something special. But, I mean, we were out there with Jim Bustle, the Coxes, the Whitstrucks, um, uh, the Height Camps from Dakota Angler over in, in Sioux Falls. And, I mean, we were having an absolute riot out there we were i mean, I mean it was I, that, that was one of the funnest days of fishing i've ever had in my whole entire life i know at the banquet jim came up to me and he was just like he was talking to a couple that he knew and they saw us and they're like hey you know a couple of they're a couple of listeners and stuff and they were like oh that's those guys that you listen to on the podcast and and he's like and he told him he goes you know what the great thing is those guys are the same on the ice as they are like listening yeah. on the podcast. They'll I hate your other. guts no matter where we're right, at. Exactly <laughs> right. I don't want to see you catch more fish than me. I did. I know you did. Yeah. And it, and it made me mad. You heard it here first. It made me mad. I'm over there every time you're raising that rod up to the sky. making. I mean, 
That's a mega motor hooks that you were having yeah, over there. I, mean, I think everybody in I the do. Black Hills, they were probably like, "Man, it's pretty early, or pretty. It would be early or late for the elk to be bugling." But that's kind of what it sounded like every time you <laughs> got one. That's so. I, you know, I mean, there there are times when when a guy's just got to toot his own horn. I was on my you game were, this weekend. You were on fire the whole weekend. Well, not in the tournament, but. Horse you did, shit! You finished behind me in the tournament, so you weren't sorry on your for, game. Sorry for freaking swearing here, but I had my 10 before you even... I think I had my 10 before you had two. That's because you were keeping those three-inch potato chip ones. When we went into this, we said, we're keeping our first 10 bluegills, and then I was up I was up socializing. I was up mega-moting. You I were. Was up, I was up getting in people's face and, and letting them know, like, if you're moves. not using these brands... Then f you. Hey, you. I didn't say that. I know you didn't. But hey, you had the opportunity to do a little filming. I did. Tip of the week. For... I did. It took me three times. It did. <laughs> took last, me three times. Last year, I went straight Ricky Bobby the first time. <laughs> I don't record. know what to do with my hands. <laughs> like, uh... no, that you know that guy. I, I'll say he had he had patience or whatever, and you know I, I kind of knew what I was gonna say in my head a little bit. And then we kind of got going, and I'm like, oh, shoot, I already said that once. And so it got done, and it's like, man, you know, and, and you're always your worst critic. So I'm like, you know, I'm kind of thinking maybe he's going to be like, well, you know, that wasn't too bad. And he's like, yeah, you kind of had a couple of stumbles there. <laughs> he doesn't so, mess uh, around. He's like, nah, we'll, we'll yeah, that, probably, let's redo that one. <laughs> he, he looked me in the eyes, gave me a couple of firm chest spokes, and said, that sucked. <laughs> you, you suck. But you got to respect the person for doing that. Right. They, didn't, they didn't try to be like, well, you know, it's okay. No, just right. tell me. If it was garbage, it was garbage. Let's do this. I mean, you know, mega motors, you, you don't build a good mega motor overnight. No, you and don't. So I tried again, and the second time it got done, and we decided. Mm, mm -mm. And the third time, I, I feel like when I got done, it was like, holy smokes, I don't think I really messed up that bad. You know, I mean, you never say things exactly like what you're going to say. You know, like on the podcast here, you know, like if I screw up, it's like, oh, piss on it, whatever. Like, I don't even care. Right. You know, I mean, who truly, who cares? Like, I mean, this is our damn show and we'll say whatever the frick we want. When, when you're doing it for somebody else and you're doing it on film and, you know, I mean, you know, we're trying to get things done, you know, like in under one minute or, or whatever. You know, I mean, if, if you screw up, it's like, I don't know. It's, I guess it's a little bit bigger deal. I think I was designed for podcasts and not and not cameras. Right. Well, you definitely, I mean, you definitely got a face for podcasting, not, you know, for camera. So. God damn it. I you set, set yourself up, up for that. that. <laughs> I mean, that, that was like a oh, that was yeah. really I easy mean, like, soft truly, toss right there. I truly like, like put it on the tee for you. And there it was goes. Like, spring hey, drip, training. Hey, drip. <laughs> knock it over center field dead center uh, that one went piss on you <laughs> but piss no on you it was awesome the banquet yep. was awesome mm. i mean like what they like chris said the food the auction was just i mean i was getting in that auction like i was just about ready just to throw my hand up just to say that i bid on something and you hope. don't want to because no, there wasn't like, a damn thing that went under a grand but that's why i like be the first bet like oh, all right yep. so i'm out <laughs> just, I'm just out. to say you did I'm it out. just to I'm say out. you did it <laughs> no you know i was talking to craig uh you know a couple days beforehand and and that mule deer hunt that was donated by jim skull uh local construction guy out there in the in the black hills uh you know, me and Craig were kind of talking, and Craig's like, man, you know, that thing is worth, you know, at least four grand. You know, I, I hope that we can, you know, do it right. You know, I mean, yep. you don't want to, you don't want a guy, you know, to, to give up a prime time mule deer hunt like that, you know, knowing full well that that thing's worth four grand. And, you know, 
brings, you know, 1100 bucks, you know, it's like, nah, that, you know, that ain't worth a toot, but, uh, what did it bring like freaking 10, nine, eight. eight. Yeah. And that was a fun one because that got into a little bit of a bidding war and it was like, boom, boom, boom. Those boom. two that were bidding were, on it were like the heavy hitters right. of rapid. And, and they were just like, boom, boom, boom. And everybody's like, oh, I mean, it was cool. Everybody gave them standing screaming. ovation. I mean, yeah, it was awesome. Standing ovation yep. after it was done. And, um, it, it was just crazy. It was fun to watch. It was. And, and, uh, you know, I mean, people get into it so much and start bidding like crazy. I mean, people even paid big money to go fish with Scott Merwin. <laughs> wow. Wow. That was that was a low blow. Lockwood, too. Well, yeah. Lockwood, too. No, there was those, some I mean, awesome, it's awesome, awesome that those guys donate trips oh, and for stuff sure. like that to, for great causes like that. Yep. And it's awesome that people are willing to spend three, four times yeah. more than what you could just, you know, call up the guide and, and get. You know, they, they know what's going to a good cause. There was people that were buying lights and jerseys just to hold on to them for the year. Yep. And then next year you get to auction it back off again. And I mean, it, it wasn't like they were given 25 bucks for it. They're spending thousands of dollars for lights for a year. And uh, in any time, I mean, you know, it, it goes without saying, but any time that you can, uh, you know, get somebody to spend that much money, you know, for, for something that they're not even going to really, you know, get to keep forever. I mean, that, that really goes to show you how much this program, this event, everything that goes along with it means to the people, but more importantly, the community of Rapid City. Right. So Such an awesome event. Yep. Matt, I don't know. You got a good news story? I'm, I'm going to go first because I don't want you stealing my good news story. Go. My good news story? My boy, Dan Teaslink, Dan coming T. away with the big drawing for the ATV or $10,000. 10000 or 8000 10. Jeez. 10 Gs. You know who sold that ticket? You. Scott Sturman, big ticket seller. I kind of, I mean, I feel like I would know what it would be like to be a gas station attendant that sold the winning Powerball ticket. Right. I, I honestly will say that I was in the bathroom when they did yeah, the drawing. Yeah, I know you were. And I, I kept walking. Because I got up and I was like running around calling Dan, you know, like doing hood rat stuff. And all of a sudden I'm like, you know, where the frick is Matt? Like, I mean, because no one else there knows who Dan Teaslink is. Right. Like I literally jumped out of my seat and I'm like, I sold that ticket. And everyone turns around and they're like, what are you going to do? Take the ATV or the cash? And I'm like, wait. I'm not Dan. I'm Scott. I just sold that ticket to Dan. <laughs> and, you know, everyone's like, oh, yeah, well, no one knows who Dan is. No one knows who I am. I'd have been like, we'll take the cash. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, the, my, my license actually says Scott's German, but that's just for tax it's reasons. It's an alias. So. Uh, yeah. You know, I mean, uh, when you're a he heavy hitting mega motor like myself, you know, you, you need a couple aliases, but God dang it. It was freaking awesome. We had actually thought about calling Dan, but, uh, this is getting a little bit later than uh, what we expected tonight. Um, maybe we'll get Dan on sometime. Uh, Dan is freaking awesome. Uh, would be absolutely hilarious to, to talk to. I know that he told me when I called him, he was sleeping. He woke up and his heart was racing so fast that he went to the kitchen, pounded a couple beers, and then went back to bed. <laughs> so, and that, that right there is a Dan Teaslink answer. So, uh uh no congratulations I, to yeah Dan. absolutely freaking awesome he's taking the cash by the way it was it was even better because last year when they did it the person that whose name was drawn like nobody even like knew right they nobody bought knew it who at it was the thrift store right so everybody was kind of like everybody looked around like so to like kind of put a 
you know, face kind of to the person that won. It was like, oh, all right, this is awesome. Yep. I got another. I got another good news story. I might have a couple more. I have a couple actually. My next good news story is going to be the freaking killer awesome T-shirts that I brought out there. That was actually going to be okay. One go of my, ahead. Go no, ahead. No, 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 no. Go with it. No, I'll just piggyback no, off of that one because no, I have a different. I have another no, one too. I told you I've got a couple more, and okay. I might. I might take yours. All right. All right. I'm telling it. All right. So I had these T-shirts made by Blake Shipper downtown at Rapid Graphics, and. Uh, I had just typed in seven cowboys on Google. This this image popped up of seven cowboys sitting on horses. And so I wrote Cox Ranch, Mullen, Nebraska underneath of it and uh, had all of our names put onto it. And then I, I gave them to the Cox boys, Matt, uh, Scott Mockentoon, who actually rode out there with us. Uh, uh, he's from Minneapolis. Um, and and we so we got this picture of all of us. It was freaking awesome. And uh, so I don't know. I just – that. I, I just thought I just thought it was freaking awesome. Right, and to piggyback off that, my good news story is I'm the least cowboy person out of that whole bunch, and it, it feels like an honor to be able to be on the t-shirt and kind of be quote unquote in the Cox family, in the so, Cox crew. So I had a I had a cowboy hat shaped but, over a stove. Like how cool is that? By a real cowboy, Zach Cox. That's right. Another one. Another good story. What what which one's your next story? No, go ahead. Just keep going. How keep about the going. ATV? What about the ATV? Oh, so <laughs> so Zach won this this toy like Power Wheel, uh, John Deere Gator. If you're friends with me on Facebook, you see the picture of it. So he calls his wife as we're leaving the banquet and says, "Hey, babe, you know." I won the I won that uh, the side by side you know oh man calving's gonna be so awesome this year and you know oh it's just gonna make life around the ranch so much better and this and that and I mean she's eating it up and and me Matt and Scott are like dude, dude you, you better gotta tell her <laughs> you better come straight with her or freaking she's gonna rip your nuts off and uh, he doesn't all of a sudden he's like well you know talk to you later love you. And and we all look at him. We're like, dude, you are freaking playing with fire, pal. And he's like, oh, I'll tell her tomorrow. Well, I got a message from Aaron the next day and said, hey, were you in on this? And no, I was not. <laughs> all of us are trying to talk sense into him. <laughs> he he freaking he that that was in no way, shape or form. Any of us, we all like every single one of us in the truck was like, hey, you tell her. And he he just did some zach cox stuff and said "Uh -uh, i'm doing my own thing so all right what do you got man well one of mine is just the amount of people that came up to us out at the event and told us how much they appreciate the podcast right um so you know all everybody that came up talked to us you know who you are um thanks for listening um thanks for letting us call you dirt bags (laughs) right (laughs) and uh, it's just awesome that you guys uh acknowledge the the time that we put into this so thank you guys very much for being listeners and enjoying the podcast absolutely i mean that that was a pretty nice good news story for a dirtbag like you i know so uh with that uh i think we're gonna call a uh a conclusion to episode 113 um next week episode 114 i and we got some new additions to the show some new segments we do yeah name that lake oh yeah (laughs) yep so uh yeah we'll we'll just quick touch on that just to kind of give you guys a little foreshadowing um you know up in minnesota and uh wisconsin Wisconsin. uh you know 
the the I, I believe they're Native American names. Uh, you know, I mean, some of these are pretty hard to pronounce, and I mean, you know, like I can't even barely pronounce Okaboji and and Winnebagosh and all that type of stuff. So uh, Matt and Scott Mockentune have decided that they are going to come up with a list of lakes, and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna I don't know get to read them or something like that and try my best to pronounce them, and then we're gonna find out the real answer. And uh, what did we say that we were going to go 12 lakes? 12, or maybe we'll just go like a couple an episode. Okay, okay, I like that. I, I do like that. Right. I do like that. For a moron, you, that was a good idea. Well, that's a lot of, 12 is a lot for you to concentrate about and think about. And, Matt, you and, can't even read. <laughs> I don't have to. I'm a PE teacher. That's right. Speaking of reading, too, good news story. Our buddy Scott was nice enough to write an article about the Right, podcast. that was another thing that I wanted to say. It, it's on our Facebook page. Uh, if you are not on our Facebook page, I don't know what to do. I don't. How, what's what's that thing called? It's the Mankato Press. Mankato Press. Mankato Free Press. Is that what it is? Something. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. There. I'm pulling up my cell phone. Whose phone is faster, mine or the drips? And Mankato the Free Press is, yeah. dot com. Damn it. So. All right. Yeah, go to Mankato Free Press. What's the what's the title called? Okay, Mock and Tune. Yep. Uh, fishing podcast highlights hosts' ability to chit-chat. And I think if you probably just type that in on Google, you should be able to come up with it. It's a real nice article written by a dirtbag from Minneapolis. And, uh, yeah, just kind of says all the sweet, sweet stuff that uh, how, how, how this whole dang thing came to be. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. Whatever. I, I think I truly think this is one of those nights where we could just ramble on forever. So we, we better could. just we, we we're, better we're gonna not. call a stop to it now. Maybe we can just roll this into one fourteen. So with that, we will talk at you guys next week. Thanks for being patient. Later. Later.